0: Pure, incompetent, uniquely dysfunctional. By now, you know these were the words the UK ambassador to the US used to describe President Trump in a series of secret cables sent back to London. Cables that were leaked by the Daily Mail last week. I'm Essie Cup. Welcome to Weekend Warriors, the foreign affairs podcast that asks So, what else is happening in the world? Well, in addition to the very sharp critiques by, by Kim Derrick also laid out the extremely simple formula to get what you want out of Trump. Basically, you flood the zone with several people telling him the same answer on a subject, and then you praise him on recent achievements. That's the code. None of this is groundbreaking, of course. But after the cables were made public— Trump blasted Ambassador Kim Derrick on Twitter, calling him, quote, a very stupid guy and a pompous fool. Now, a couple days later, on Wednesday, Kim Derrick resigned from his post, saying in a statement, the current situation is making it impossible for me to carry out my role as I would like. But listen, it may not have been Trump's tweets that sealed Derrick's fate. The night before he stepped down, Boris Johnson, the current frontrunner to replace Theresa May as prime minister, he refused to support Derek during a leadership debate. As the Conservative Party decides who will succeed May, there's speculation that the leak of Derek's cables was actually a politically motivated act by someone in London to open up the post for an outspoken pro Brexit official, ultimately, in the effort of securing a favorable trade deal with Trump should Brexit actually, you know, happen. Now, the opposition Labour Party says Johnson is Trump's patsy in that scheme. British Foreign Office has confirmed a formal investigation into the leak. That will be initiated. So presumably we'll find out exactly how this got out. But this is bigger than a security lapse. It's bigger than a series of insults between allies, insults Trump was never meant to see or hear, and insults, Derek was definitely meant to see in here. The sad fact is it's just the latest in a laundry list of hits that the once rock-solid relationship between the U.S. and the U.K. has taken under the Trump administration. Remember that very special relationship? Not so special anymore. Joining me to discuss is CNN political commentator Doug High. Doug knows the contours of this very special relationship. Or the, the one that once was, Doug, what is happening here?
1: Well, it, it's certainly a disintegration. And, and I go, you know, I've gone to a lot of breakfasts and lunches that um, Ambassador Derek has, has held to where he can get a really broad spectrum of opinion from journalists, from political people, like myself, Republicans, Democrats, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, pro-Pelosi, anti-Pelosi to get as full a picture as he can. Mm. I remember at one of those breakfasts um, earlier this year where um, um, somebody who was British remarked, it wasn't the ambassador, but remarked, I wonder if there ever really was a special relationship to begin with. And I remember that being such a striking thing for someone to say. I thought about it um, after the breakfast as I was leaving uh, because it told me if you're thinking that Well, there's a real chance that that may be true or certainly may become true. And ultimately, uh, we see where we are right now with that.
0: Maybe Billy Bob Thornton knows why the special relationship crumbled. (laughs) That's a love actually really love actually uh, reference for for folks out there. But I mean, listen, we whatever whatever the current state of affairs, the relationship between Britain and the U.S. has been, you know, heretofore very, very special. Um, almost unbreakable. I mean, you know, Tony Blair and George W. Bush were incredibly close through the 9/11 crisis and tragedy and aftermath. Um, you know, this is bad. This is bad news for all the all the reasons, all the things we want to do with Britain, the trust we want to engender uh, with this particular this particular actor. I mean, it's it's a bad it's in a bad state of affairs right now.
1: Sure. Go back to um, one of President Bush's um, State of the Union addresses to Congress, where Tony Blair was not only in the audience, but President Bush went out of his way, Mm -hmm. not just to praise him, but then at the end said, thank you, friend. He was calling Tony Blair a friend. Yeah, they got real close. And, but the president was also making sure, to be clear, that the U.K. was a friend. Right. Um, and just this, just uh, last month, the, the, uh, the president had a very successful trip to the United Kingdom. Yeah. Um, the, the ambassador played a big role in that. His team at the embassy played a mm. big role in that. Um, and even with the Meghan Markle controversy that came up and, and right. Trump talking about uh, Boris Johnson and other people who were running for the prime ministership, they were prepared for this. They um, weren't prepared for Merkel. Um, um, so, or Meghan Markle, so to speak, but they yeah. knew to, to ignore it. They played that perfectly, and yet it doesn't really matter. And ultimately, for me, it, it comes down to all of uh, what we've seen with Trump so far, where how he mm-hmm. responds to people. And why does he like Vladimir Putin? Because Putin has, as Trump has said, said nice things about me. Yeah, that Well, that defines that the simple. entire relationship. It and, is that simple. And so now that these words have been leaked that were negative— um, that's exactly what Trump's reaction was going to be. And I think ultimately the Trump, the Trump tweets did make it untenable, at least in the long term, yeah. um, for, for the ambassador to stay.
0: Well, what do you make of the timing of this leak with Brexit as a, as a backdrop and those, those debates?
1: Yeah, I texted a friend of mine who, who's working on Boris's campaign and said uh, the, the old Star Wars line, it's a trap. Um, and I meant that because there were, two, there were two possible outcomes that could be very negative. Um, one is, as you kind of referenced earlier, some would say if he, if he didn't fire um, Ambassador Derek that... Clearly, he's um, um, causing a rift between uh, mm. the administration. You know, his first act would be causing a rift, and if he does fire him, well, then he's a patsy for Trump. This mm-hmm. was a no-win situation potentially for Johnson to go into, and at, at that time, you had Nigel Farage, um, who was one of the big supporters and real proponents of Brexit, tweeting that Derek had to go. Um, so it made a very um, untenable situation. And I would say, among the many great things I could say about Ambassador Derek, somebody I've gotten to know well over the past mm-hmm. couple of years, his act was selfless. And and, and the act of a patriot to step aside and make sure that whomever the next prime minister is doesn't have to deal with that uh, question going in as one of the very first questions.
0: Well, and because you know him so well, I mean, tell me about him, because by all accounts, except maybe for the president's, he he was a professional, credible U.K. government official, former prime minister Tony Blair even praised him after the resignation. I mean, he was he was respected and well-liked, no?
1: Yeah, you, you don't become the ambassador, the, the United Kingdom ambassador to the United States without being a pro at what you do. This is the very elite um, of the diplomatic corps. These are very serious people. Um, but at the same time, uh, gregarious and affable, very well-liked. And I would say not just well-liked in the diplomatic community, but well-liked throughout the Trump administration. Anytime I would go to right. events there, whether it was um, larger dinners or, or lunches or social occasions, whether it was a reception for the royal wedding last year, um, or other other events. They, they have very popular New Year's Eve parties that, frankly, mm-hmm. I was not invited to. Um, <laughs> but you will see Sean Spicer, Reince Priebus, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Kellyanne Conway, General Kelly. I could go on and on. I could tell you, in fact, at the, at the um, uh, event for the royal wedding, uh, somebody in the, in the a White House staffer, a very prominent White House staffer, hit on my date at that event. Um, and I would, <laughs> I would point out very unsuccessfully. Um, but but that's, th- this was a very... Humble brag. Um, <laughs> not just exactly, but not just a widely attended event, but a coveted event that to be invited to the garden party for the royal wedding mm. was something that everybody in Washington wanted to be invited to. And that certainly included White House staff.
0: Well, we know that loyalty to Trump is a fairly fickle, is a fairly, it's a one way street, mm-hmm. right? And so just because he liked the ambassador at one point, as you say, they worked together well for his visit and you know, he, he mingled with, with White House staffers does not mean he's guaranteed, you know, the president's mm-hmm. affection unconditionally. Um, uh, moving on to sort of the bigger picture, though, a source told us at CNN that this really had a chilling effect across mm-hmm. sort of the diplomatic community among ambassadors and diplomats, with, with diplomats more likely to maybe self-censor mm-hmm. in their analysis, which has real, you know, national security implications, um, what do you make? What do you make of that?
1: It's, it's a very real, chilling effect. It's what's called the DIPTEL community, the diplomatic um, um, telegram community, where you are sending confidential um, assessments. And, and I would say, with with um, Ambassador Derek as well, as well as many others, it's not just about what they hear in Washington. They travel throughout the country. They go to Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina to hear what voters are saying to get a sense to make um, you know accurate assessments. But it, it means that there's going to be a chilling in the language that's used yeah. um, and that how the diplomatic business has been traditionally done uh, will be done in a very different way. And I'll tell you, Essie, what's going to be very interesting is event tonight in Washington. It's the first event for the incoming French ambassador. Brand new um, has not had a real public event yet in Washington. It's going to be a Bastille Day party hmm. and how people react and talk um, at, at that event. The last time the outgoing um, ambassador um, from France had an event about three months ago. Ambassador Derek was certainly there. Mm-hmm. Um, how people react and what the conversations I think are going That'll to be pretty be interesting. Real
0: interesting tonight. Something yeah, you see in a
1: movie, frankly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You'll have to check in with us uh, again to tell tell us um, what you hear. Um, m- meanwhile, as I as I mentioned earlier, this fight is happening when we should be relying on Britain and our European allies heavily. There's major issues like the Iran standoff, mm-hmm. Syria. Brexit. I mean, do you think that this episode will have long term effects on those kinds of discussions, not just among diplomats and ambassadors, but just amongst our, our leaders, you know, our counterparts at state, you know, in, in other in other um, theaters?
1: Yeah. You know, I've had conversations with folks in London um, so often over the past two and a half years. And, you know, everything that they've had over the past two and every concern that they've had has been one of doubt is America really going to be there? And yeah. so this isn't just, again, about one ambassador. This is about NATO. Um, this is about the message that the most important person um, in, the, in the world, President Trump, sends to our allies and also sends to our opponents. And again, comes down so often to whether or not they were nice to him. And so uh, Vladimir Putin says nice things about Trump. Well, they're going to have a good meeting. Mm-hmm. The British ambassador confidentially says some not very flattering things. And a message is sent to the UK and frankly, to the entire Western hemisphere of if you're an old ally of America, we may not be there for you anymore. And it's that uncertainty Mm -hmm. that I think ultimately is is a long term doubt that never really goes away. S.E., I would say I don't want to over I don't want to overdo this, but I think it is essentially now put an original thought of original sin in our allies that never fully goes away. That doubt will never fully go away.
0: Wow. So do you still think, final question, that this is our sort of strongest alliance, the U.K.-U.S. alliance?
1: It is, and it co- but it comes at a very perilous time, I think, for everybody involved. Uh, England, is uh, the U.K. is certainly trying to um, extricate itself from Europe, however that happens. Yeah. And so for that to happen at the same time, for the U.K. to feel even further alone um, and that a special relationship may not exist, mm. I think is especially fraught for, for the U.K. Certainly doesn't do us any favors either.
0: Doug hi! thanks so much for putting all of this in context. I knew Thank you'd you. help me sort through it. Uh, that does it for me. I'm SC Cup. Please join us next time on the next episode of Weekend Warriors.